Hey everybody, welcome to Casual Fridays. It's Anita. Jose's once again missing in action. <laughs> um, he actually went out of town to like Mexico and he's in Orlando right now. He's probably on a flight back here. But anyways, this week once again it's gonna be me um, starring a really cool guest star. I'm really excited to have him on. Um, but anyway, Jose will be back next week and we'll do another um, uh, regular show. So anyway, so today we have Sojin in town from Texas. He's like one of my really good friends, fiancés. So congratulations, right? Wait, no, I fucked up! He's not his fiancé yet. Right? No, no, no. That hasn't happened yet. But it hasn't happened yet. No, right, no. Boyfriend? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's, one level lower. Right, level yeah, lower. yeah, boyfriend. But I mean, it's going to happen, right, guys? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> In time, in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. There's cool. a plan. Yeah, there's a plan. All right, okay. good. Well, now you have to say it that there's a plan because you're sure. on air. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. As long as she doesn't. Pay so attention. next year, when it happens, or whenever, it <laughs> so let's move on. Let's yes, move yes, on. Yes. All right. Everybody's looking at me awkwardly. Um, this is why I need Jose. But anyway, yeah. So Jen's in town, and I didn't realize this about you, but I mean, until Jesney told me, Jesney's uh, Sojin's girlfriend not fiance um, <laughs> um but like you've like lived this like really you've lived like multiple lives i feel like right so multiple. like yeah right i mean uh, yeah that's one way to look at it i mean i i do say it's my past life right right yeah yeah because you're not doing it anymore no i'm not so what no. we're talking about is that sojourn used to be a police officer yes right? or a detective i mean am i saying uh exactly? well i did two years on the street and then four years in, in, in as an investigator okay mm-hmm. so like how old were you when you were uh, 25. So I'm not, I was actually a lot older than the, the class coming in. Oh, the okay. average age was about 20. Okay. Yeah, and you can't even, in Texas, you can't even have a handgun license unless you're 21. Okay. Unless you're a cop. Oh, interesting. And, and 19 is the minimum age. Okay. So. So you, you can carry a weapon at, at 19, 19 years old. As long as you're a police officer. As long as you're a police officer, yes. Right. So, so what? So that's my question. So, you said most people are twenty in your class. So, like, what kind of education do you have to have before you join the police academy? Uh, at the time, um, and this is back in two thousand seven, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Um, the only requirement was six months of college education. You mm-hmm. didn't have to have a college degree, but you had to have some college credit, or if you were coming out of the military. Interesting. So there was an option. So mm-hmm. six months. Six months of college education means like gen, gen ed. Sorry, it's not six months. I'm. I'm thinking half. Yeah. <laughs> Two years. Two years. Yeah, yeah. Like six, six months seems 60, like kind of a... 60 credits. Oh, okay. You need like, 60 hours like of credit. Number. Yeah, I think it's six months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so as long as you go to like, um, like you can just go to a community college yeah, and get absolutely. your two years. And you didn't even need to get your associate's degree. Oh. You just had to have 60 hours of college credit. Okay. Yeah, so at the time, I did I, I did not have a college degree, but I had over 60 hours of college credit, so I was, I was eligible. So you were able to do that. Mm-hmm. So what, what made you choose, like, what made you decide to join the academy? Uh, you know, I, I don't really know. Um, I really? know I wanted to do something. I, it, you know, it was, it was right after 9-11. It was a couple years after 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, this is 2007. Well, that's when I actually joined. Uh-huh. But I had this feeling that I wanted to do something for our country. And I, I was very patriotic. And I've always been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not want to go to war. And that was, this is like the at the peak of uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. And I was like, I just don't want to go to war. Like, you know? Yeah. But I wanted to do something. And law enforcement seemed like the best avenue. Hey, I can stay here in the United States and still serve my country in a way. And so that's why I chose law enforcement. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you just didn't want to leave the country, so this was like no, the best no, no, avenue no, 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 for no. you. Yeah. And yeah. what did you think about as far as like you being brown and joining the the police academy? <laughs> My after, department. And, and as like nine eleven being a catalyst for your interest. Well, so the area I worked, uh, everybody just assumed I was Hispanic. Okay. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm, I guess I don't know if your listeners know, but so I'm I'm brown, but I'm not Hispanic. Right. And, the other uh, brown. Yeah, the other brown. The, other brown. the east brown. <laughs> <laughs> the curry brown. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. The curry brown. We can say it because we're brown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? But yeah, so, um, you know, my department, I didn't make a big deal out of it. I didn't think anything of it. But my department at the time did. And they put me on one of their, <laughs> so they, they had this reality show going on to get more rec- uh, recruits to come join. Because there was a, at the time was just like, it was like a perfect storm of a lot of people retiring. And so there was all these vacancies. Mm -hmm. So that's why I moved up very quickly into investigations because there was all these openings. So there was like a void in the department and they just needed to swoop people in. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I want to say over a course of two years, they hired almost maybe a thousand to two thousand people. Wow. And, and they're just pushing them in like really fast. You know, and uh, we had six months training um, in the academy, and then six months on the street. Um, and it's pretty tough. I mean, well, as far as physical ability and all that, uh, if you ask any of the military guys, uh, they were like, oh, this is a cakewalk. <laughs> <laughs> but for the guys that are college educated right. and, and whatnot, they're yeah. like, oh, man, it's, it's pretty rigorous. <laughs> right, right. You know, and then the, the six months on the street is like really where you, where you really learn. You know, you're, so you're putting in like on. you're put in like real life situations. It's not like yes. a simulation. No, not no, no. For six you're months. on the street. You are live. It's okay. ready to go. Are you on your own, or do you have a partner? No, or we have, have a, a trainer. A trainer. Okay. Uh, somebody who's uh, qualified to train us. Okay. Um, and so you start off on day shift, and then you go to night shift, and then so night shift is where you see the action. The day shift is, you know, everything's slow and everybody's sleeping. <laughs> right, right. But uh, our, our shift would start at six a.m., and so we're getting all the traffic until. Like nine, so everything's just accidents and whatnot. Okay. Uh, during the day, uh, and then once in a while you'll get some crime. So, what know? kind of stuff did you see at night? Night, you see a lot of drugs, especially mm-hmm. in the area I worked. Um, a was lot it, of drugs. Was it a rural area or more urban? No, it was more urban. Okay. Yeah, definitely more urban. Um, so, I mean, it was. I I grew up in the suburbs, so I wasn't really exposed to that. You know, I didn't have I didn't have any exposure to that. I think I want to say this really opened my eyes to the world, mm-hmm. or at least our area of the world. Um, I saw extreme poverty, people not only just homeless, just living in houses that there's no lights, there's no, you know, I mean, there's no electricity. It's like slums, but yes, in the U.S. Yes, it's in, not, the, it's in the U.S. Third world slums, but within exactly. the United States, right? Exactly, and <clears throat> the guys that live there, I mean, they just they don't do anything but just. Just stay there all day and maybe get drunk and do drugs and mm-hmm. I mean I just never been exposed to that right you know so it's a de- definitely not that there aren't world. drugs in the suburbs oh yeah definitely right it's just there's it's a lot not, of drugs in the suburbs yeah, yeah. yeah it's just not the slum type right drugs. so what kind of drugs did you see like heroin crack, crack? okay it was mainly crack okay uh, I think I think my six years on the department mm-hmm. I saw uh, like heroin maybe once or twice wow. that was not a popular drug in in the in the slums. And I hate saying the slums because it's not, 
it's not like third world slums, but it's pretty close, right? You know, and I don't think and, people realize that because, like you said, most people aren't aren't exposed to yeah, that population. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. They're they don't you know people don't think about the idea that there are people living in the United States with no electricity, and that's how they live. Exactly. You know, we have like power outages that happen to us, and we freak out for a day or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. But there are people that live their full lives without running water, without electricity, no, exactly. you know, without, you know, food coming in mm-hmm. consistently. So this is a different population that you were just never definitely, exposed to. Yeah, yeah. Being a suburban kid, like, yeah, definitely. So were you able to empathize with them? Or like, how did you kind of, you know, because you're, you're I, coming from a law enforcement perspective yeah. where you're arresting people and like, mm-hmm. you know, you're coming in with kind of like the hand of the law. But also at the same time, these people are in need. Yes. Right. So, so it's, it's it's. I guess it depends on the crime that mm-hmm. I was there for. Um, if I, if it was just routine patrol and I was just in an area, and so I mean, you kind of just want to observe, you know, and so you want to interact with your uh, the people that live in your area. So I had a beat that I worked, okay. and um, I I mostly stayed in my beat, but you know the action's always outside your beat, right? And so. Um, luckily I was in a, a very high drug area uh, but these guys are smart the guys that push I mean they're smart like they have their they know their escape routes and so unless you got a couple of guys with you to cut those escape routes out off mm-hmm. like they're running and you're you're you're, you're, chasing, you're, you're them. chasing them they're like a rabbit and they're jumping fences and I was like I have all that gear on oh right you know so I have my down. belt my vest you is know? there a camera do you have to wear a camera not at the time no okay. this is way before you know I think I know the guys. Some of the guys who had tasers. If they if they had a lot of taser incidents, uh, the department would put a camera on their taser. Um, but I think that was just something in the GOs. So they required. would put the camera on them just because they were monitoring why yeah, they're using yeah. so many. Like why there were so many incidents. It's almost like a preemptive thing. Like they wanted to like, well, you had a lot, so let's find out if you're using it correctly. Okay. You know, so we want to know what you're what you're telling us. And that's what, and this is before it would hit the media or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for the most part, like I, I've never, I never known anybody to get disciplined from the camera incidents, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they would decrease after they put a camera on them. I don't know if that would happen as well. But no I know really this would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's really tracking the data. Not at my level. Okay. Right. <laughs> Maybe higher in the department. Yeah. But I mean, I was just a street officer at the time, so uh, the, the tasers. Uh, they're that popular one, the yellow ones you see, but ours was black. Okay. And uh, there's a USB little port on the bottom where you can download information. Of, hey, it was, we have to test it every day to make sure it works. So they would have to test, and then they would know if you fired it during the day. And also, when you fired it, you, we have to collect. So there's these little uh, ID tags with, that would, ex- would spray out okay. that we would have to collect and uh, tag the evidence if we used it. Okay. You know? So, I mean, they, they had everything. Those serial numbers on each cartridge, so... They had, it was easily detractable. Okay. Like, you couldn't use one during the day and then, like, and then show up, hey, I need another one. Right. Exactly, right. exactly. Because you would have to sign up from a sergeant. And is it the same thing with guns? No, because we buy our own bullets. How does we that work? Buy... <laughs> yeah, how does, how does weapons How, how do would weapons they know work? if they have yeah. the discharge? Like, yeah. to say? Mm-hmm. The, the officer would tell them. Usually. <laughs> like, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's not based the same. On your yeah, word, yeah, right. It's not, because... Uh, yeah, it's based on our word. I mean, if I if I discharge my weapon on duty, I mean, to me, I was like, oh, I got to call a sergeant right away. <laughs> like, well, no that's protocol, right? Protocol, exactly. But, I mean, they wouldn't know. 
No one's tracking that. Nobody's and tracking there's no, that. There's no technology to track that. Well, there wasn't there at that is. time. There yeah, probably yeah, is yeah, now, yeah, yeah. but I'm not aware yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. And, and a, a large department cannot, couldn't afford that for all... For all I mean, we had 5,000 plus officers, you know? And, wow. and they couldn't afford something like that. And may, I mean, maybe they could, but okay. as far as I know. All right, so I'm you, not going to speculate. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you... like. So how long were you a street cop for? Two years. Two years. And then you got fast-tracked into being a detective? Basically, because of that... That void I was talking about earlier. Okay. So yeah. So back but, to the whole like you being brown in a in a department where they weren't really fully accepting of you, right? They still fast track you. No, I mean, okay. So that 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 type of system. Is, I don't know if you ever heard of the good old boy system. Yes. Okay. Or well, the blue wall. No, 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 not the same. That's not. But, the so same. this is this is which within, I want to talk about later. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, will, we will, we yeah. will, we will. This is. Uh, I did some research. The good old prior. boy. <laughs> <laughs> the blue wall. Um... Okay. Um, so yeah, the good old boy system, it, and it's it's in all all facets of of life, I believe. Mm. You know, and it's 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 you know who you know who you know, and you want those people with you on this on on the street. So if you're in an investigative division, and uh, you have a friend or a friend of a friend, you're most likely to promote that person. Uh, it's not even a promotion; it's a lateral transfer mm-hmm. um, into the investigative division. Okay, you know because I mean it's a friend of a friend, and I, I, I get mean, it. But if you life. have no friends, <laughs> right, and then you're stuck, you're stuck on the street. Yes, okay. yes, yes. And so but I that's was, like with any job, right? I mean, it's all about who you know, and exactly, that's how you get exactly. gigs. Okay. And so they're trying to they were trying to get away from that. So our our sergeant our sergeant to become sergeant, you had to take an exam, and that was the only time that you would. Uh, have the ability to promote because you have to take an exam and that's kind of like it's an outside agency taking care of it so they try to take that out of it for the sergeant you know as a supervisor role Um, but in the investigations man it's really who you know like you know I mean but because of that void I mean I was yeah within within two years I was already able to apply to this investigative division and it it was kind of an introduction to investigations it was a pilot program and actually I talked to a couple of my buddies that are still on the department and they they disbanded it they don't even offer it anymore and I don't I don't I I thought it was doing good because we were making a lot of arrests and we were actually having my my specific um, uh, precinct had a lot a highest uh, arrest rate continuously every month Okay. Uh, in that specific but division. But what are you? Are you arresting small, like petty crimes, or are you arresting? No, you know, no, no. Well, we, who are the players? Felonies. Oh. Uh, yeah, felony up. We wouldn't mess with drugs because that's. I mean, it just wasn't what we asked. Uh, what we were asked to do. We were asked to help the investigative divisions that could not handle their caseload, except for homicides. Like that, we wouldn't mess with that. Homicide is their own department. Um, so we would take aggra- aggravated robberies um, that were in the area. We would take. Uh, uh, sexual assaults. Well, actually, even sexual assaults asked us not to touch their stuff because those are very lengthy, and they wanted us to clear cases. Okay. They, we were just a vol, like just volume, kind of like that. So find cases. So we messed with a lot of domestic uh, violence cases, a lot of uh, aggravated robberies, uh, robberies, um, thefts, large thefts, car thefts. Uh, car thefts were t- tough as well, uh, unless it was in action. So luckily for us, so. My first investigative division I was at, I was still in uniform. So I was still in, in uniform in a patrol car, but I was an investigative officer. So uh, if, if uh, a street officer uh, could uh, bump us on the radio and say, hey, look, I need an investigative unit to come out because I think this case requires further investigation right now. So we were kind of like the front lines. We'd go out there. We had camera equipment. We, we could gather evidence. Um, not better than the street officer could, but we had the time where mm-hmm. they could get back because – 
say if it was a busy time because evening shift and I, I was an evening shift investigator um, was very busy with traffic as well as crime seems to start going up um, in the evenings okay. a lot of domestic disturbance seems to be happening in the evenings right um, and I, I, I couldn't give you a reason why but I'm pretty sure somebody knows why <laughs> um, but I mean things yeah. pop off in yes the <laughs> <laughs> right as the sun goes down things pop off <laughs> the freaks come out of me yeah in the more articulate voice yeah, ever yeah, that's yeah. very scientific somebody said was it Rick James oh, no. somebody said it the freaks come out at night um, but okay so so you're dealing with armed robberies robberies sexual yeah. assaults and we preferred the higher I mean it, it, it looked cooler <laughs> to be honest I, I would take an armed robbery case or not, uh, and when I say armed robbery I'm not saying like a bank robbery that's oh okay that's, yeah so explain what that yeah, is yeah yeah so there's a difference Any any anybody who uses bodily force uh, bodily force against them. and every uh, we're in New York right mm-hmm. so the statutes here the criminal statutes here are way different than Texas so the the requirements or the qualifications that will cause uh, to be uh, aggravated robbery would be different, different. it could be different uh, it might be the same mm-hmm. but in, in, in Texas it was uh, if you used a weapon a deadly weapon uh, to take somebody from somebody basically uh, that's layman as layman can get and so a lot of ours was guns um, so did you ever have anybody pull out a gun on you? On me, no, no, not not within ten feet. Mm. Um, the there there was a concert one time at one of the universities down there that uh, got pretty rowdy, and some rival gang showed up and they started shooting, and we all responded. And they started shooting at us, but it was at such a distance that I mean they were shooting it in the air basically. Oh. So nothing was gonna get. And that's the closest I ever came in but, six years. So you never had to yeah. discharge your weapon. No, 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 not once. And I, I. I I kind of prayed that I wouldn't, you know, I didn't want to discharge my weapon. Uh, I wanted, I think, which is, I think that's something that I think most people want to hear Yeah. because all we're hearing now is that, you know, there are these officers that are walking around gun happy or, or or just, you know, they're, something happens and they pull out their gun when maybe that situation didn't really, you know, need a gun. So more than likely, right? So, yeah, yeah. but mo- most people, you know, pray that they don't have to like use their weapon. You know, and whenever or, I or would... is that no? Am I conjecturing? No. <laughs> you I might mean, be. did you have because, other you know, people, people on the force that wanted to use the gun? I, I not I wouldn't know off firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody ever admitted to me that they wanted to use their weapon. But we've had guys that, and I remember I remember hearing stories from back in the eighties from sergeants and stuff, and they were saying that. Our area, Texas, was basically cowboy land. Mm-hmm. You, you, it was not. It was uncommon to come back without discharging a weapon, and that was back in the eighties. Though it was completely different in the two thousands when I was a cop. Um, I uh, to having to have so if an officer discharged a weapon, um, I've I've never had an incident where I in my district as far as uh, an accidental discharge or. A discharge where they had to um, have supervisors come out and nobody was hit. I mean, I, we had officer-involved shootings where they actually got the guy or killed the guy, and uh, and those are, I mean, they're whole, handled so much differently. Um, I compared to what I heard from the '80s, we had to call the district attorney's office out, we had to call homicide out, we had to call, and all these guys would come and basically they would start and they would walk the whole scene and. They would identify, hey, was the officer in the right? Because what happens automatically if you discharge your weapon, uh, regardless if you hit anybody or not, you had three days off. Mm. Um, and then they're going to start 
the investigation. Okay. And it was not done by our department. Well, excuse me. It wasn't done by our precinct, but it was done by our department. Mm. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. So, but then the district attorney's off. If you, I believe if you hit somebody, and it's been a couple of years. So do you think off. it should have been done by your department if it was from within somebody? Or do you think I, it I should have been an outside? I, mean, I, I understand the conflict of interest. I right. do. But I didn't see a problem with it. Um, it was, I, the, some of the guys that I knew on homicide, I mean, they were very fair. Um, especially if it was all officer-involved shootings. You had to calm homicide out, and I so I did a rotation with homicide, and I and I went to a um, to a um, it was a warrant squad, and the guy committed suicide before they caught him. So basically, uh, um, uh, what the guy uh, he had a warrant for his arrest for murder. He murdered his girlfriend, and the warrant squad was uh, the warrant uh, team surrounded his house, and he basically shot himself. Uh, before they apprehended him, and because he was a repeat felon, he was—I mean—murdered for also, so he was going to go for away forever. But he ended up killing himself. And so when we got to the scene, um, as I was doing the rotation with homicide at the time, and so I want to say we were very—I felt I was very objective at the time, um, and I was able to keep myself, even though these were officers on my department. I—I felt like I was doing my case as if it was any murder, right? You know. Even even without as I, I would handle the scene, I document everything I saw, you know, and where mm-hmm. the gun was lying compared to him, and and it to me it looked like a legit suicide compared to say if officer planted it or something like that, right? Like, right. You know, but um, I want to say we were impartial, you know, as a department. But I mean, I, I but understand. But at the end of the day, right? There's I mean, bad eggs. Yeah, there's yeah, bad yeah. eggs, and everybody's well, human. And, and I understand the there's internal the, biases. Exactly. That you're not even aware yeah. of. Like you, you mentioned the blue wall. Right. And so what is that for our for our, I did some well, research. We, we don't call it. What is it? What do you call, call it in Texas? We don't. Maybe that's I don't what even they call think there's such a thing. Because uh, in New York, I think that's it's they, a term. But I don't know if the officers use that term. Yeah. Like I don't think we have an actual term for that. Right. Probably just because that's your life. Maybe exactly. outside of that, yeah, you know, people you call it your something. Own. I mean, these are the guys that are on the street with you, you know. And I feel it's not like war, but I mean, some of the situations you're going in, you're, you're, you know, you're going after a person that killed somebody, and all you have is the two guys next to you, and you kick in that door, you know, guns out, you know, there's an officer in the back because we have the house surrounded, and all you have are these guys, you know. And I understand it from that. I mean, these are your, these are your brothers in a sense, um, because you put your you're putting your life in their hands, because they got your back, right? But I, I want to say if you saw something so like blatant, like some of those videos we see online, like I mean, it just blatant. seems so blatant. Blatantly um, wrong. <laughs> yes. That, yes. You know, um, how could you stand by that? Exactly. Right? And I and I hope I and I, I want to say I never I never witnessed that in our department. I want to say that. Who knows? I could be. <laughs> right. So technically, what the blue wall is, like you said, is protecting your own. Yeah, protecting you, and everybody does that. Yeah. And I, I don't think they would do it to a sense of like snitches get stitches kind of thing. <laughs> like, I... <laughs> right. But I mean, obviously, there are bad eggs, and there yes. are people. I mean, yes. That you know. I mean, what, don't what, do what they're supposed to New do. New York City has what thirty-five thousand officers. I mean. That's, a, that's, that's such a, it's the largest department in the, in the, in the city. I mean, the United States, right? I and mean, 35,000 people are officers. Mm-hmm. 
So off of a two-year a... education, off of... Well, I don't even know the requirements here. Do they require any education? In I'm not, I don't know the New York City requirements, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And I know they were trying to push for a college degree or prior military um, in, in my hometown. But, well, what uh, do you think about that? I mean, what do you think about education as far as becoming a police officer? Is it, do you think, I mean, I remember when I was 19, 20 years old, I yeah. was like a buffoon. Like if, if someone gave me a gun and told me to go you know I didn't even have I wasn't yeah. even, I think I just had my first relationship in life <laughs> and like I was like a mess from that like so I mean I'm but just the, I'm talking about like dealing with emotions side, you know thinking, like you could have a bad day you could be angry mm, you could be depressed you, and then and add, how do like, you a gun. separate that how do you separate that and then you have you're given a weapon and then but you, I guess the alternative is is because I don't have an answer to that mm-hmm. right but I guess the the flip side is Who's gonna do this after they go to college? Who's gonna? Why wouldn't they? I mean, like you said, you. The, I mean, the, you did it man, based I, on I, pa- patriotism, yeah. right? That, yeah, that's very true. Um, very true. But you come out make uh, in the academy. See, I was making twenty nine thousand dollars a year. Uh, I'm, I'm getting paid to go to school, and I, I'm sure there's a lot of lot a lot of people who make a lot less. But that twenty nine was a struggle. That whole year was a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um. And then once you complete, you're, you're sitting pretty, you know, but, and I was still living with my family at the time. So, I mean, I didn't have those expenses. So you're saying if you, if you had a four year education, you got it, you're full. You're already with that much debt and then you're taking, making $29,000 a year. So you would really want to do this. You got to really want to be a cop. Like, you know, you got to really want to be a cop. I mean, it's Um, like being a teacher though, you know, like, I mean, there are plenty of civil, you know, service, civil service, uh, jobs that you don't Mm -hmm. make shit when you come out, right? You go through four years of education. You, I don't know if they start that low though. I don't know how how much teachers make, but I know they don't make that much. Yeah, yeah, true. You know, and there's other, other, other jobs that Mm -hmm. start out very low, but you know, people do it for, people, people do it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I guess it's. What I, I I don't know what the alternative could be. I mean, more education, but then that's going to cost more money. And, and I, I don't see why we don't, but the, the taxpayers have to agree to this. Mm. You know, and I think that's... And I'm, I'm for it, but I don't know if you can educate racism out of somebody. That's another thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh, you could be the most... I mean, we yeah, have, we have Trump, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but yeah, yeah. like a guy running... Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's so the can whole racism. that out of somebody? So, I mean, well, you... so is racism pretty rampant? I mean, within the police? In your opinion? You know, I, I heard stories. I heard stories. I've never experienced it. Like within I your department heard, yes. or within your, yeah. Within my department, mm-hmm. yes. I, I, and, but this is, this is stories of, I don't know if they were just angry because, so you, you kind of, I want to say me being a, uh, an Indian, I don't really have an East Indian. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I didn't have, we were, just wasn't enough of us to even be a, a problem, like, you know, and, but we had, I think there was maybe a handful of us, even North, South, everywhere, like, there was only a handful of us on our, my department, but uh, there was a, there was an African American Officers Association, there was a Hispanic Officers Association, so they had all these by race. I mean, there wasn't a white officers association, obviously. Yeah, they are the majority. <laughs> yes. But, but I mean, racism. I mean, I know. Well, let me ask you this question. Yeah. So they yeah. have these. They have people that are hired. They're black. They're Spanish. They're Indian. Mm-hmm. Whatever. 
Okay, so there's plenty of those people. I mean, yeah. I think I think in New York, the majority are, like, I think black and Hispanic. I think yeah, they yeah. outnumber uh, white police officers. Mm-hmm. Um, but who's in power? You know, like, who are the ones that are at the time, making our, decisions and at making... At the time, our that? mayor was white, mm-hmm. um, and his chief was... Uh, so our chief at the time uh, was black, and then the following chief was black. So, and then the all the all the assistant chiefs were of some minority. Okay. Whether it was Asian, there was an Asian one, a Vietnamese, I believe. There was a couple of Hispanic women, um, and uh, a couple of black, and a couple of white. So uh, all those chiefs, and each one of those chiefs had a like they were over like investigations, or one was over. Um, uh, auto like all the transportation that our department has so each one had their own little segment tier that they would be over um, so I remember I'm trying to I don't even remember our chief because they rotate a lot too mm-hmm. you know I mean, these are high, these are all elected positions too not excuse me appointed positions by uh, by so it, so the 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 head the um, the chief was appointed by our mayor um, then below that was appointed by uh, uh, well assistant chiefs were all appointed by our chief. And then the assistant chiefs, obviously below that were captains, and the captains were all appointed by the assistant chiefs and the chiefs. Okay. So it's like, those are all appointed. Everything below captain was, um, so lieutenant and down was all tests. You had to take, actually, I don't even think the, cap, I think the captains were tests as well. But everything above a certain rank was appointed. So for you, for so in your experience, you felt like uh, race wasn't a big factor as far as you know, you would people in power. Story. So, what kind of stories? Like, what do you, you keep saying that? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? No, I, I, and as some some is old heads. Old heads are officers that've been on the department for like twenty years. We used to call them old heads. <laughs> you know, they would call us rookies. Like, we're rookies. Even if you have ten years on, you're still a rookie to them, right? Right. So, um, it's like these, I'm still not a New Yorker. Yeah. I've been here for four years, and I've seen people masturbate in front of me, and I've seen that. <laughs> it's not enough. Still it's not. not enough. It's not enough. Yeah, it's you like, got it. Yeah. <laughs> but okay, so these old heads would tell me stories, and this is of them with 20 years on. Uh, one of these guys, and he, he he specifically talking about a story that happened in the 80s. So this is this is in our department in the 80s, but half these guys are still on the department, right? And uh, he would tell me he'd come in and, and officers, and this and he specifically said white officers would say, I'm not going to ride with any N-words. Mm-hmm. And these are other officers saying that about officers. You know, but this is back in the 80s. And, and I want to say in more recent times, my area where I patrolled um, was predominantly, the neighborhood was predominantly black. The officers that patrolled the area were predominantly black. Uh, but we had we had our white officers, and and I'll be honest, I, I want to say like the white the white officers were young, a lot younger. They were like my in my age group, and the the black older they were a lot older. Um, they could have had fifteen ten to fifteen years on uh, working evening shift because usually the the old, the day shift guys are reserved for the really really old guys. Like okay. they have twenty plus. They're already they're it's just like waiting the for the guy. Yeah, 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 it's it's cushier. Yeah. Than. Um, than the evening and nights because evening and nights get a lot more busy. Um, I did notice uh, a lot of white officers would go after drugs a lot, um, and it was stat driven. Hey, let me get those fellas. Crack getting getting any amount, a uh, usable amount of crack, on somebody is a felony offense, and I mean it's so easy. So is there like a quota that you have to meet? Or no, there's no quota, but it definitely looks good. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no quota. We it's actually I I, I don't remember if it's true, but I remember hearing at the time that it's, it's illegal in Texas to have. A quota system 
it's illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I some. I mean, I'd never read the statute, but I remember hearing that. Um, and I could be wrong. You can, you can. Uh, Stay tuned for part two of this episode, which will air next week on Friday, um, and we'll get a little bit more deeper into some of the more political and educational aspects of um, being a police officer, and you know how it impacts uh, their daily lives and. Uh, the things that we see on TV and our experiences with with cops. Um, so again, Sojin was amazing. I'm so ha- uh, happy to have him on. And uh, if you guys just stay tuned until next week, we'll have the full interview. Um, and I'll post part two. So again, you can find us at Casual Fridays, Casual Fridays TP on Twitter, Casual Fridays the podcast, which is our Gmail, Casual Fridays the podcast at Gmail. Uh, you can shoot us a message. Uh, make a comment. And uh, yeah, have a great weekend. Thanks.